it is two weeks until playoff times for the majority of leagues. It is crunch time right now. You're either playing to come back and shock the world, or you're playing to keep your spot and move up in the playoffs, or you're fighting for that last playoff spot, or you're fighting for that bye. Either way, you're fighting, and we're here to help you. And the way that you can fight with the best tools available, like the Roman Empire in its heyday, or the Mongols as they master fighting on the backs of horses, you could master going to battle with your fantasy football team with the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, which gives you everything you need to be an expert, to do what we do, except you can do it well with the app. We know what to look for. We put it on there on purpose. And the people who make that happen are the patrons at patreon.com slash Fantasy. if you want the rest of the show and so much more. Go check it out. Um, but without further ado, let's get into it. I can't believe it's week 13 already. Lucky number 13. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. I remember when we were young and my mom used to say, like, uh, at 13 is her favorite number. And and everyone's, and we were always like, Mom, what do you mean? As, of course, I am joined by the one, the only, the man sipping some water right now. Aqua Lung, my brother, the best damn fantasy football analyst there is. Michael. So mom used to tell us that 13 is her lucky number. And 13 is considered obviously an unlucky number. There's not even the, the, the floor 13 in buildings in Manhattan. It goes straight from 12 to 14. Um, but she said that's exactly the reason why she feels it's lucky because everyone else feels it's unlucky. And I think there was a message in there to not follow the crowd and, and be our own people. Shout out to my mom. Starting uh, starting like a softy today, Tim. I, am I? I'm I'm, I'm feeling soft. My mom's. <laughs> I mean, I we were only two minutes and eighteen seconds into this, including a like twenty four second intro, and I I I already mentioned the Mongol and Roman Empire and their uh, warriorness on horseback. True. Did you know that the Mongol Empire were so furious on horseback, Michael, that they would be able to time their shots? To where when the horse is running, when the horse's legs are all in the air at the same time. Because when if you shoot when the horse is in the air, then you have less likelihood of getting knocked off your, your, your target. So they mastered shooting at that exact point when the horse's all four hooves were off the ground. That's wild. And they capped motherfuckers. <laughs> That's A wild. lot of them. People in the past, you know, I don't know how they lived. I'm reading I'm reading a book right now called Road of Bones. And it's a it's a fictional book about like a real place. There's a real thing called the Road of Bones in Siberia, where like I think it was jo- like I'm pretty sure I'm correct, but if I'm wrong, um don't quote me on it. Uh Joseph Stalin made like Siberians create this road for him for easier like access. Well, he was just like, yeah, you guys are like my slaves. You have to do this for me. And apparently 250,000 to a million of those workers just died because it was so cold while they were working and they just kept building the roads on top of the bodies. So apparently there's like 250,000 to a million bodies under that road called the Road of Bones. Interesting. Wow. That's crazy. Do you know what's what's 
that is wild. You know what? I've been teaching about the, the reign of terror in the French Revolution. Also wild. If you guys didn't know, they just had mad guillotines. And if you said anything bad about the revolution, they slash. Slash, chop your head off, <laughs> including if you were the king. They chopped the king's head off in public, and then they posted a picture of his head hanging there in the newspaper. They Guillotine. called it the reign of terror. They did. We didn't say that in hindsight. They named it that. Yeah, That's insane. Guillot guillotines are ridiculous. Like, I can't believe, like, it just used to, like, publicly, too. Like, in the, oh, a guillotine Ooh. in the town square today. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb just missed his second touchdown. Just missed his second touchdown. I thought he was going to leap that. I could use a Tony Pollard touchdown. Tim, I'm in a uh, experts league, the FSGA, Fantasy Sports Gaming Association League. Every single year, I'm in first or second place. It's my easiest league, even though it's supposed to be against like fantasy experts. But I've lost, in the, but I've lost in the semis every single year, as I, as I fucking do. I, just, I lose in the semis. Often it's very frustrating. I win a lot too, but the semis are just like my. You know what it is, uh, Michael? Uh, uh, and uh, hold on one second. I'm gonna be complimentary to Michael. Don't get used to this. You make the playoffs in every league you play in. So getting, so you get eliminated a lot in the semis because. And it just it, happens in the. Yeah, win every championship, and it happens <laughs> in the home league every year. In the home so league, that's why like, it feels worse. Yeah. But yeah, I'm ten and two in that league, and I just spent the majority of my fab. Someone dropped Zach Moss, even though it was a fourteen team league. Mm. And I was able to get him because I saved up fab. And now my team is looking pretty nasty in a 14-teamer. So hopefully nice. I could uh, I could keep winning and actually win it this year. Yeah, I mean, not, not to sound foul. I know this is, you know, when fantasy football, you say foul things like this sometimes, but uh, let's hope JT stays off the field as well for that sake. And like some yeah. foul, right? Like uh, this is a guy I want him to get back out there as a person, yeah. as a human being, but as a fantasy player, Zach Moss, baby. I started, <laughs> I started my draft with Tony Pollard and Garrett Wilson, and I'm still 10-2 and two because I uh, – Rough start. I had a nice middle and late rounds. Although, let's get to this news, Michael, because yeah. um, I want I to smooth transition right into that. You're wearing your Garrett Wilson jersey that uh, a, a very handsome gentleman bought. Jersey. Yes, a uh, very handsome gentleman, probably with l a luscious, uh, some luscious hair uh, and a six-pack. I think those are, that's the guy who bought you that uh, shirt right there. But no, it was me. I'm yeah, it was Thor. <laughs> um, but... Where, where was I going with this? Oh, uh, so Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's the news. Um, everyone's talking about it. Aaron Rodgers, 21-day practice window opens. And a lot of people don't know this, but this is a 21-day practice window where if he doesn't get activated on the end of those 21 games and play in that upcoming game, then he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Um, so he has to play in the next 21 days. So obviously a lot has been made about him coming back from this quicker than anyone else, uh, especially at his age, especially uh, because of all the hoopla that surrounded him this off season, like that basically always does. So we're Jets fans, Michael. Uh, yeah. What, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers possibly coming back? How do you feel about what you've been hearing? What, what's your thoughts on the whole situation? Look, I'm no medical guy, but neither is anybody else on Twitter for the most part, the people commenting on it, the way I see it, well, as Brandon Cooks scores a touchdown. Hey, shout out Izzy! Yeah. The way I see it, like, look, he didn't get the typical, uh, uh, what did he tear? His Achilles surgery, right? He didn't get the typical surgery. He got a different, like, experimental type surgery to try to get it to heal quicker. Like, maybe it's just actually a successful, faster surgery. Um just because it's experimental doesn't mean it can't work. I mean, people and and, and blah, 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 blah. MLB pitchers used to break uh, tear their UCL and be like, oh, well, that sucks. 
And then they created Tommy John surgery. And now that happens all the damn time. So, like, I mean, there could just be, a, you know, modern medicine keeps getting better and better. So maybe this actually does does work. And Aaron Rodgers I mean, is able to get there faster. Even Tommy John. I remember when Tommy John was at least a year, at least a year. And then you got to and then you have a, a year in the minors to like like a year and a half. Like you were the guy was missing from your rotation for at least a year and a half. Yeah, I mean that's and it's now not, it's, he's back in the beginning of next season. Exactly. So like I I'm not like gonna question the the medicine behind it like other people are. I, it's obviously crazy that it's been three and a half months and he's like he's dropping back and take he had a limited practice <laughs> the other day uh, his in his return like he was dropping back and making throws. If it's smart to be doing this, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but it's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. As a spectator. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that I think there's three ways you could look at this. You could look at this as he's being selfish and he just wants to prove everyone wrong, which not for nothing. We've been saying on this podcast for the last five years, particularly I've been screaming into Michael's ear and Jason's ear as much as humanly possible that Aaron Rodgers is motivated by the things that the people around him does. And that motivation, especially when they drafted Jordan Love, won him an MVP or two. So I think that, that, yes, there's something to be said about maybe he's just a little selfish. He wants to prove everyone wrong. But what's wrong with that? Number two, you could say this is stupid because he's going to risk re-injury and the Jets are going to be on the playoff hunt. That's also all right. But there's also a third option, which I think is, is important here. He loves this guy, Nathaniel Hackett. And you got to admit, the fact that the Broncos are on the rise and Russell Wilson looks like he's kind of back, not looking good for Nathaniel, right? Especially the, the way Jets his offense have like the all-time worst third down percentage, one of the worst scoring teams ever, which is Nathaniel Hackett's garbage. I, I mean, it's, it's fair to say. It's fair to say that Nath- it might be fair to say that Nathaniel Hackett's offense only works with Aaron Rodgers because he's the one making the decisions. And then... And then you have uh, Robert Sala. He obviously built a relationship with Robert Sala. Joe Douglas, who people are saying Joe Douglas on the hot seat, I think it would be the highest stupidity for the for the Jets to get rid of Joe Douglas, man. Joe Douglas completely rebuilt this roster. He did it the right way. Uh, yes, does he have some misses? Yes. But you know what? No, yeah, no, who gives a fuck? Like, you're not perfect. Look at this sign. They signed uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, on a one-year flyer deal. Didn't work out. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. And it, who it, cares? It really, like... Exactly, because you, I mean, there's some bad signings in there. Don't get me wrong, and there's some bad draft picks, but everyone has some signings, as bad signings. Everyone has some dra- bad draft picks, and he took this roster and completely turned it around. He's hit on so many draft picks. You don't see guys who hit on that many draft picks. And not for nothing, when they drafted Zach Wilson, you have the number two overall pick. You're a franchise that needs a quarterback. You got a new GM. You're going to go with the quarterback, right? And what was his options? You now look, you have three years to look back. You had Mac Jones, you had Justin Fields, who, I mean, I guess he's the best of the bunch, but but he's Ugh. they're looking to move on from him. Um, you got Trey I mean, Lance, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, and and I mean, Trevor Lawrence was not available yet, but even Trevor Lawrence after, before his last I'm two games in that QB class, it's just Lawrence. So yeah. the Jets were screwed no matter who they went with. So I don't think you can really. Blame the guy. I, I don't know. And bro, the and excuses. I think for... that Aaron Rodgers coming back could be a thing where ownership looks at it 
and this is not this is I've heard this opinion before. It's not like this is a completely uh, this was in um, on the athletic like ownership looks at it and it's just like, hey. It was the quarterback's fault. This offense can run. This coach can coach. And I think Aaron Rodgers might be coming back to maybe save some jobs, possibly. I mean, look, if Nathaniel Hackett remains the Jets offensive coordinator next year because Aaron Rodgers is back, then whatever. I don't care. Nathaniel right. Hackett could stay. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, because then or, it's Aaron Rodgers. Or you can get some Frank Reich action and really get, get going. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into the more latest news. Amari Cooper says he will play, play week 13 against the Rams, and it looks like his quarterback is going to be Joe Flacco because um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson has a concussion, still hasn't practiced. It's Thursday, so it looks like unless he clears a concussion protocol miraculously, which people have not done, really it's been very rare that someone's cleared concussion protocol without missing at least one game. And... Uh, Amari, Amari Cooper said the ball looks beautiful coming out of Joe Flacco's hands. Um, poetry in motion, he said. Excuse me. Um, so, I mean, I think it's good news for Amari Cooper that Joe Flacco's going to play quarterback. I know that he's old. I know that he's very stagnant in the pocket, but he's kind of like perfect for Amari Cooper in the sense that he's a guy who gets the ball out quick. Uh, he wants to get it to his playmakers uh, after the catch. Amari Cooper um, can run some of those slants that he gets. Although he has been good at the deep ball this year, um, not always been his game. He's more of a possession receiver, big guy on the outside. That could definitely, um, that could definitely help out Mr. Flacco and Flacco help him. So, if you were down on Amari Cooper before, before because of uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, I think that his injury might be good news, and Joe Flacco might be able to get him some points. We saw Joe Flacco get Garrett Wilson a bunch of points last year when he played. I, I just don't think there could be much of a downgrade from Dorian Thompson Robinson. So I don't really think it changes. Like, I don't, I, if Dorian Thompson Robinson is quarterback, I'd probably feel worse about Amari Cooper, if I'm being honest. Maybe Joe Flacco just hyper targets Amari Cooper. Like, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, like you say, like these backup quarterbacks, sometimes they just have like rapports with other people. He just throws to David Njoku nonstop. Like, that's his dude, apparently. So, that's not helping Amari Cooper managers. So maybe I mean, Joe Flacco likes to throw to Amari Cooper. It's a guy. It's it's a young player. It's a young rookie player going to his safety valve over and over and over and over again. It makes sense. It's yeah. this, this is not something that doesn't happen. Um, Trey McBride is activated. Uh, he he got a limited practice on Thursday, and Zach Ertz, uh, the veteran tight end, released. Uh, interesting because JJ Watt was actually JJ Watt yeah. who broke that news. Um, and then confirm. So I think it's like, obviously I think it's a mutual understanding there where like Zach Ertz maybe wants to end his career with a, with a contender. If he can, uh, you know, get onto one, uh, Trey McBride has been playing very well. They put high draft capital in him. He's there two and 10. Like it just makes sense, um, for both parties. Um, but yeah, Trey McBride, if you picked him up, he's kind of at this point, you have to think as close to a set it as for set it and forget it. Like, low-end tight end that you can get at this point. Yeah, but he hasn't practiced yet, which is not ideal. Well, he got a limited practice today. Oh, I thought it was reported that he didn't practice. Officially yeah. limited, but uh, th- let's see. Let's see what it says here on uh, Roto World. One hour ago. The Assembled Cardinals media pegged McBride that did not practice when he did yeah. not show for the portion of practice open to the public, but he did end up doing enough to get slapped with a limited tag. So that's okay. where the confusion in the reporting came from. 
All right, well, that's a good thing. But yeah, if you have Trey McBride, you're very likely starting him. Uh, I got to say, if Tank Dell misses this week, which he's still... Limited uh, practice. Oh, uh, he did lead a limited practice. He was Tank another Dell. one who was reported as DNP, and then he got there. He got there even when the media was still there. It was just like a, it was reported, and then 10 minutes later, he was there. Okay, so um, that does make me feel less good about Noah Brown, but Noah Brown is also on the men's back-to-back practices. Man, it's hard to just discount a guy who the last two times he played, um, he put up two straight 150-yard games. Yeah. You know, it's just like hard to ignore that and think that just because, you know, Nico Collins and Robert Woods are on the roster that Noah Brown won't see the field a lot. Um, I'm in a situation where I'm probably going to play him in a league where I'm desperate, and I don't hate it. I really I don't hate it. Well, how do you feel? I about mean, he's it? a, I think he's a boomer bust flex play, but with the way he played the last two times he was active, even with injuries on the team, I've said it a million times, Nico Collins. I just think he's a little overrated because he doesn't get that many targets. He doesn't catch that many passes. Um, so I do think there's some targets available for Noah Brown. So I do, I mean, he's very high risk, but I mean, if he has another big game, I wouldn't be like overly shocked after what he did the last two times he was on the field. The Patriots might score negative points somehow this week. They got Bailey Zabby starting at quarterback, according to reports, and DeMario Douglas uh, not slated to play. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, got into limited practice practice on Thursday. Zach I mean, Charbonnet. they're playing the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Zach Charbonnet in the end zone. Yeah, one-yard touchdown. Zach Charbonnet. Hey! Oh, Right, this, that's nice to see. I, I saw yeah, this is this is a high scoring game so far, by the way, as you guys know, mm-hmm. game plan as a, you know, this is how, you know, we, we, we love you guys. This is a, this is a big time matchup in terms of fantasy this week, especially with some teams on buys. Like there's some big teams on buys this week. Yeah. It's, it's, um, so anyway, um, play without Josh Allen. That one hurts in the home league. Yeah, man. I got to play without Stefan Diggs and I got to win this week. I got yeah. to, you got to win too. Yeah. I hope you lose. <laughs> Uh, Brees Hall, after getting a a little bit of a tongue, tongue lashing from his uh, head coach, um, he was limited. Uh, he had a he has a little bit of a hamstring issue. Uh, like he hasn't been great on the ground, but he's still a solid fantasy uh, contributor the last couple weeks. Like Dude, solid is you know maybe since being the since the Denver game, he's averaging zero yards before contact. Like he's getting hit at the line of scrimmage on average. That uh, makes sense. The offensive line is probably the worst in the league. And it's not even that, bro. It's Nathaniel Hackett's dumbass coaching self. They don't use motion. They don't. He, it's just send Xavier Gibson through and see if the entire defense runs after Xavier Gibson. And then we'll hand it off to fucking up the middle to Brees Hall again. Every time there's an outside zone run or a, a toss or something to Brees Hall, I feel like he gains at least three, four yards. But they just decide they need to smash him up the middle over and over instead. <sighs> but at least that means you got big old ball sack, Michael. At least he's catching passes. Big old ball sacks. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm being like uh, the 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 guy in the in the cartoon with the with the guns. Yosemite Sam. Yosemite. Woo! Big old ball sacks. Pew, pew, pew. Traylon Burks, that, though. <laughs> Concussion was okay. You mean that that child's cartoon doesn't say he also doesn't sound like that. Sacks? 
Yes, he yeah, yes he does. How does he sound? I don't really remember, but I remember him being more like accent, you know, like that was my how, best he, how he looks. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't how he looks. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't I got have Yosemite giant... Sam. I no, that is not how Yosemite Sam sounds. <laughs> I gotta listen to Yosemite. I'm sorry, I don't have Sam. a giant orange beard. Okay, I'm sorry, I tried my best. Um, Traylon Burks uh, might play. Um, clear concussion protocol oh, looks like. I do um, not care. I mean, against the Colts could be something interesting. Uh, this one's way, way more important. Devon Achain, um, limited in Thursday's practice, back-to-back limited practice against a great matchup in the Commanders. Yeah. Um, I'm about to talk about a guy uh, in the in our segment. By the way, our segment this week is uh, players you can play with confidence um, in a must-win game, like fringe-type guys. Um, we call them our confidence plays. So we're going to give you some confidence plays this week. and. A little preview. This guy is the only one who could ruin one of my confidence plays this week. Um, I'm afraid that he's going to play. Um, but if you, so the a chain roller coaster has been interesting. Michael, you have a chain. Obviously, you are rooting for him to play in a great matchup. Um, how confident are you in a chain in a, a situation where you got to win this week? Like you're in, you're in trouble if you don't win this week. So are you confidently plugging a chain into your lineup after? If he's active, I'm 100% starting him. Yeah, even after the last uh, time when he kind of ruined your team? Yeah, I mean, but you can't... I don't know. I don't play based on injury. Um, they said it was, like, nothing serious. They were just being precaution, just a precaution. And then they had the Friday game, so a short week. Even though he was practicing and limited that week, they held him out. They Honestly, they probably felt like we don't really need him against this Jets um, offense, and they didn't. It obviously um and now they have a whole extra like now they're playing on a sunday like another nine days of um time for him to recover he's practicing limited again i to me it's all signs point to him playing i'd be uh, kind of shocked if they deactivate him again yeah uh so sit your jeff wilson although we did tell D- jason to play jeff wilson before i knew about this this news i feel that i i, I feel well like jason is in a it was Zach, it was Jeff Wilson or DJ Dallas who wasn't going to do anything. Yeah, so. true. Um, T. Higgins says he hopes to play in week 13. Here's a guy who is the opposite of Devin and Shane, but he was kind of heating up um, before he came back. But obviously, that's with Joe Burrow. Everything changes. Are, is T. Higgins a guy you're even considering playing at this point? I would not want to play T. Higgins um, with Jake Browning, a quarterback. Jamar Chase said... Of four catches, 80-something yards last week, and the two big plays were plays that he made after the catch. One of them was off a tip. Like, I have no no real, like, interest in starting T. Higgins this week. I would not be excited about it by any means. Woo! Big old ball sacks! Uh, Chris Godwin. <laughs> Chris Godwin um, was added to the injury report, listed as limited, but he should play. I think this one's an interesting one. Rashid Shahid did not practice on Thursday. Uh, Chris Olave practiced on Thursday. Um, limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Um, but again, this is concussion protocol for Chris Olave. So obviously, like I said, even when guys have practiced, not a lot of guys have made it through concussion protocol without sitting at least one game out. So you got to keep your eye on the Chris Olave news as we go forward. Rashid Shahid does not look like he's going to uh, play because he practiced, uh, he missed practice again with a thigh injury. 
Um, it's an interesting situation. Uh, A.T. Perry, Taysom Hill, Juwan Johnson. We're going to talk about some of those guys uh, in our segment on the Patreon episode. So if you're not already, please join the Patreon at patreon.com slash brotofantasy uh, to support and to get the rest of that episode and our thoughts on that and much, much more. Um, Keenan Allen. Interesting because this guy is literally the last man standing in this offense. He gets 15 targets a freaking game. Um, if you have him, you are so happy with his production. Um, but he wasn't at practice with a quad injury. He was working off to the side. We know that he is a fragile. I don't want to say fragile because he's probably one of the toughest men. On, on Like he plays in the NFL. Like uh, I'm not going to call a guy like that fragile, but he has a history of injuries. Uh, let's put it that way. How worried are you level one to 10 about Keenan Allen uh, not playing this week? A one. Mm. I feel like he's going to play. He's a veteran. He's been dealing with nagging injuries all year long. It doesn't seem like anything serious. They obviously they need him. I don't, um, I wouldn't be too worried. Deontay Johnson uh, missed practice because of an illness. Did not practice on Thursday. Um, I mean, in his first game without man, Matt Canada, the offense looked very good. I think he got uh, a TD stolen from him, completely robbed. Like, I don't know why they didn't challenge it. It looked like he had possession and his two feet down. I don't know why they didn't say anything, um, but he's in a great matchup against the Cardinals. Are you worried at all about Deontay? I mean, he hasn't topped 50 yards in three straight games. Um, he's just been highly mediocre. I've never been a fan of Deontay Johnson, so maybe I'm a little, a little biased, but obviously the offense did perform better without Matt Canada. I just... Like to me, he's a wide receiver three, limited ceiling because he never has a high ceiling. Does it and matter at all that they're playing the Cardinals, who are, let's see, the Cardinals are yeah, it's the, a, a great a matchup, good matchup against for the Deontay receivers, Johnson. But they've they've been been also, they could also run the ball 40 times in this game. And Kenny Pickett only drops back the pass 22 times. Like, I wouldn't be shocked at all if, if a game like that happens for the Steelers either. Not and then he has Deontay Johnson. Even if he gets six targets, he goes five catches, 45 yards, and that's it because even though it was against the Cardinals. So I could definitely see a game like that coming. I'm just – I'm never personally excited about Deontay Johnson. I never draft Deontay Johnson. <laughs> if I have him, I play him as a wide receiver, three flex play, but he's more of like a safe play than he's an upside play, in my opinion. I think, I think he has some upside this week against the Cardinals um, in a good matchup. Um, but I, I do agree with you. It's going to rain. I, we're going to be talking about these running backs in our segment coming up as well. Uh, Jaden Reed did not practice on Thursday, which is an interesting thing because it's not a great matchup. But when when one of these guys is missing, it, there tends to be like at least two Green Bay wide receivers who are viable, whether it's Christian Watson or Dubs or Wicks or Reed. They kind of mix and match, and when one of them is missing, they kind of have a little bit more to eat on, especially uh, in these in these games. So interesting to note for um, the other guys uh, to keep up the the news uh, on the Green Bay Packers. D AJ Dillon practiced. Um, Aaron Jones did not practice. It looks like it's going to be AJ Dillon against a very tough Kansas City defense. Again, too, the wide receivers against a tough Kansas City defense. Are you buying this? Green Bay resurgence, this Jordan Love resurgence, or do you think it's kind of just like a flash in the pan here? I'm going to be talking about one of these players in the latter part of this episode. Oh, we've we've but. gotten we've we've just like run into some teases. We're like uh, 
Oh, naughty us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Mingo, who has been leading the team in targets as of late, um, with Adam Thielen kind of seeing a maybe the Mingo H.O. baby. <laughs> Damn you, Michael. Um, with uh, Adam Thielen definitely falling off. Um, we see more Jonathan Mingo. He hasn't put up anything to be happy about, but the Titans is a good matchup. I think that if he wasn't injured, you would say, hey, maybe he has some, you know, viable low end flex kind of potential where if you're desperate, you can play him. Um, but with this Achilles uh, this injury, I'm staying away. And yeah. the offense is just horrendous. Yeah. Even Adam Thielen's been trending downwards. Big one here. Dalton Schultz did not practice on Thursday. Uh, probably good news for a guy like Robert Woods. Definitely good news for Noah a guy Brown. like Dell and Noah Brown. Um, Travis Etienne was not spotted at Thursday's practice. He's considered no, he, was, he, was, he ended up being there, too. What they is with him as limited? I don't know what's up with the injury reports today. Um, Marquise Brown, did he practice? Because it says did not practice here with a heel no, injury. He actually didn't. Michael Wilson didn't practice. Marquise Brown didn't practice. Trey McBride didn't practice. Greg Dorch is looking slightly interesting. Man, Greg Dorch has been interesting. Yeah. Um, I think, Michael, we... Oh, uh, Tyreek Hill back at practice. I mean, uh, he's going to play. Say. Tim, you got like 50 seconds to say we made it a half hour or less. We made it a half hour or less. Michael, what'd you eat for uh what'd you eat for dinner today? I breaded uh boneless skinless chicken thighs and I made some veggies and a salad. Nice, nice. We roasted a chicken and then nice. we chopped it up. But then I always eat the carcass. Mm. I'm always, I'm I'm big like after I after I slice it up, I eat the carcass. It's amazing. I love it. It's like the juiciest meat ever. All the bones, the backbones and all that good stuff. And it reminds me of the scene in Game of Thrones where the uh the I forget the, the the hound, he's in the. They find the guy who killed Arya's friend, and he's like, "Someone's gonna die over chickens. I want two chickens. Thirty seconds. We're gonna do it. Three, two, one, go!" 